Mobile security is an increasingly hot topic, in spite of the fact that many institutions are not seeing a great deal of fraud on the mobile channel. But as banks and credit unions implement plans to conform to the FFIEC's updated authentication guidance, where will mobile fall into the fold? And what types of technologies and solutions should institutions be considering and investing in? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm joined today by Jim Van Dyke, president and founder of Javelin Strategy and Research. Jim, questions about mobile security are cropping up more and more these days as more financial institutions launch mobile platforms and offers. Can you give a general overview of the mobile landscape from a fraud and security perspective as you see it today? You know, Tracy, thanks for having me on. Mobile security and protection from fraud is a fascinating area compared to other channels, not just because it's the newest channel, but for a couple of other reasons as well. You know, mobile is really unique among all channels because it's the potential remote control in the hands of the consumer or business customer of the bank to actually control fraud that happens to the individual account holder in any other channel. So, of course, we talk a lot about what can go wrong with mobile security, how people can be victimized and businesses can be victimized through mobile transactions and whether that's check deposit, person-to-person transfers or even global transfers, balance checks that turn into fraud, uh, in, in certainly setting the stage for mobile payments at the point of sale. You know, people worry about lost phones, uh, the fact that most mobile devices are not infected from malware. There are any number of things that can go wrong. And what we've been saying from the beginning is that mobile is also the way that things can go more right, be safer as well. So it's the only channel in which you have that degree of variance between either things going horribly awry in the bank getting huge losses and seeing themselves in their local paper or nationwide paper as being the place where fraud happened in a lawsuit, or they could also build up a reputation like Chase has done, for example, with their ads that talk about mobile security. And what we've seen is they're actually getting more new customers and quite possibly, quite probably drawing lower losses because of how they're deploying mobile as a proactive security mechanism for all channels. And Jim, what seem to be the common concerns or questions that you hear from banking institutions when it comes to mobile banking? You know, that's a great question. And so I'll I'll answer that question in two ways, Tracy. First, I'll tell you, uh, I'll give you the the exact answer to your question. Then I'll tell you what I'm concerned about in terms of what I'm not hearing from bankers. Because frankly, I think the banking industry is a little bit disconnected. And it stands to reason. You know, in order to be a great security uh, or fraud executive, you've got to be so great at reacting and then having a holistic strategy that involves people, processes, systems, compliance, and all those things, right? It's, it's an incredibly difficult job, and I don't know how people sleep at night at times. So here's what I'm hearing. People are really tuned in to the things that can go wrong. You know, they're probably a little more calm, I think, now than they were a year ago when we started to see this explosion in mobile banking. And there's such a strong tie-in between social media and mobile devices as well with people updating information through the geolocation capability of a phone. What we're finding is that bankers are probably actually a little more calm on mobile security. I just This week I've, I've presented in front of about 300 bankers at three different events, and they're actually a little more calm than they were a year ago. However, uh, we just surveyed a number of banks, a structured Javelin survey, and what concerned us is that really no bankers were talking about security 
as something that they could deploy proactively in their mobile strategy. And what I mean by that is bankers could be actually using their mobile services when they partner up with the people that run mobile channels or even marketing to say, how do we educate and then empower the customer so that the mobile becomes the proactive tool that cuts fraud everywhere. And let me give you some of the evidence for this and why I think this could set the stage for mobile payments. So somebody listening on this says, I want to be a major player in mobile payments at point of sale a few years down the road. I think there's a tie-in between mobile security right now and setting the most likely path to mobile payments dominance later. So here's the evidence of why we think this is a sound strategy. Number one, consumer readiness. When we looked at consumer readiness, the proportion of people who say, uh, when they, who answered from a survey of 5,000 people, who said, when I think about who should be primarily responsible for fraud, if it occurred in my name, should that be my job, a shared job between me and my bank, or totally the bank's job? Over the last four years, the proportion of consumers who say, that's totally my job, I don't even think the bank should have to worry about that, just empower me. That proportion of people has more than doubled. And, it's, and it's, the growth has happened steadily. So who's it doubling with? Higher income people who love technology and young adults who are on Twitter and Facebook and all those other things. Meanwhile, you might think, well, then surely banks are rolling out capabilities that empower them, right? Because you have demand, surely you're going to have supply. Unfortunately, our data show just the opposite. When we've mystery shop banks to find out what empowerment capabilities they have, we've seen in the area of prevention scores, they've actually gotten worse. Uh, banks three years ago had 79% of the fraud prevention capabilities we called for. We keep raising the bars. We look at fraud methods based on our survey of consumer fraud that we took over from the FTC. That score dropped from 62% a year ago, and the most recent one shows it at 54% of Javelin recommended prevention features. So summing up that long bit of, of uh, guidance on that, Tracy, what I would recommend a banker do if they really want to nail their compliance conversation and get consumers more engaged so they get more market share, more share of wallet, is look at our bank safety scorecard. I know you've interviewed us on this before. Show the examiner how their bank compares to the, how, the way the average bank scored in Javelin safety scorecard and show the examiner that they're actually safer in empowering the customer for protection. Yeah, that's a great point, Jim, and it's a nice segue into my next question, and that is, do you see many financial institutions playing an active role in mobile payments, and if they aren't playing an active role now, should they be? Yeah, you know, they're, they're, everybody we talk to is is focused on it, but, you know, focus, what is that, exactly does that word mean? When I say it, uh, well, everybody has it in their strategic plans, they're dabbling in different areas, a lot of movement around mobile deposit capture right now. Uh, moving from an early adopter feature to a mainstream one, you know, where, where a significant proportion of, of banks are likely to offer that soon. Uh, P2P, any-to-any, any, you know, features like that, certainly balance checks, texting of alerts, a lot of movement around that. Uh, almost nobody is connecting their mobile customer empowerment strategy for protection, you know, through real-time alerts and allowing people to respond and set a parameter kind of like we've done with positive pay for checks, but with all transactions through the mobile device saying, don't allow these transactions, do allow those other kinds of transactions. You know, shut my card off for Brazil for the next 51 weeks, but on the 52nd week, I'm going to be there for vacation. So 
you know, by all means, don't shut it off then. Or global transfers, leave them on, leave them off, and empowering that through mobile. We um, we see very few banks deploying that where they really truly believe that they can empower the customer and that they can go even further to make that part of a mobile payment strategy. So there's a lot of opportunity out there, and we have a very specific roadmap to guide people on what exact features and audience segments and return on investment model is required to get the payback they're looking for. Now, when we talk about mobile security, users are often the unknown security variable, and many institutions note that user behavior on mobile devices raises concerns. Users are more likely, for instance, to click on questionable links and emails and on websites when viewed via mobile devices. What steps do you see institutions taking, Jim, to address some of those security concerns and issues? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, user behavior is often so tricky. And what you want to do as a fraud ex- expert or a security expert is uh, make sure that, that you're really studying your, your customer's behavior patterns. Don't go on anecdote. You know, of course, you're going to have horror stories about, you know, we all, we all have them um, about, you know, people putting in incredibly uh, lame passwords or um, clicking on things they shouldn't click on or whatever. We all have the stories. What you want to make sure you don't allow your team to do is have evidence of disregarding the opposite of that which is this rapidly increasing proportion of individuals who will, if properly educated, will make very smart and reasoned moves. And these are often people with high balances who are increasingly becoming your highly desirable customer. If I were a fraud or security executive in a bank right now, I'd really want to watch the the language, the, the mindset that my team members have, because if they don't proactively look for the customers who can be motivated to make very smart moves, that would drive my losses down and my customer engagement up. If I don't look to find those, I'm going to let my team convince one another that customers are just dumb, unmotivated, and I will miss an opportunity to propel myself into being a mobile payments leader. The data is out there. We see that people are motivated and they're not getting the features from banks they want, but it's not easy to chart that course. Yeah, that's a a great point. And I wanted to ask about some of the research that Javelin has conducted in this area. You've noted before that you found that consumers would rather invest in security solutions that are offered by their banks rather than buying a service or an offer from a third party. But do you see banks taking steps to sell security solutions, especially for the mobile channel? Not as much as they should. You know, so we really specialize, particularly now more than ever, in helping banks increase their what we call customer profitability, looking at what the bank's customer needs or the merchant's customer and is doing and how they're changing and technology trends and all that, and then looking for opportunities for acquisition, revenue, cost avoidance, and loyalty. What people need to be doing is looking at a couple of things that we see in our research, a couple of opportunities, and these are highly specific. You really have to have a focused eye and magnify the the hidden opportunities. So I'll give you some examples. I'm looking right now at some research from our bank safety scorecard. It shows how the institutions who make up more than half of all consumer deposits in the U.S., how they scored against this specific about 50-plus criteria for prevention, detection, and resolution of fraud. What we added in this last year to our latest scorecard 
Boy, if I were a regulator and a bank was showing me how they're complying against this, I think I would be so much more likely to be wanting to give that bank a positive score. Multi-factor mobile authentication is one criteria we added. Another one is mutual mobile auth. Third, mobile safety education. Fourth, social media education. Those are just a handful of the mobile as well social related areas that we score these top banks on. And I realize many of your listeners might be in smaller banks. So it's even it's even a better case if they can say, well here's how we compare to some of the biggest institutions that have deep pockets. And the fact is the average large bank, again in prevention scores, only has fifty four percent or only meets fifty four percent of the recommended customer empowered um, loss avoiding profit generating features we call for. So in the consumer area we're looking for what consumers are willing to do. And as you said, you know, there, our research has found that people are willing to buy these solutions. And I have a concern right now that regulators are discouraging banks from making a profit by selling protection services. Now, protection services need to be marketed fairly. They need to address real solutions. I just think banks should be selling these things. People should be protected. You need to be, as an individual, paying for optional services and not just for your desktop or laptop, but for your mobile device as well. How we can change the behavior of the individual Yeah, I'd like to point to some other research that I shared with you before our call, and that is our Faces of Fraud survey. And in that survey, we find that many institutions are concerned about mobile, especially within the context of conformance to the FFIEC's updated authentication guidance. What issues are you hearing from institutions where out-of-band authentication, for instance, via a mobile device is concerned when the mobile device is used for banking? Well, you know, what what banks need to mostly do is have have advanced – communication with the consumers about transactions that the consumer feels comfortable with. So again, taking that kind of positive pay mentality, that, but in that, in that case of positive pay for checks, it relates to a specific check number or dollar amount that, that the bank should be approving or not approving. You know, with mobile, we have such an opportunity to let people have parameter-driven banking. It's kind of a, a phrase I'm just creating a, um, out of thin air here. The idea that pe- people have this desire to check in on their finances all the time, take concepts like out-of-band authentication, I certainly want to use the mobile device for authentication. I mentioned some of the added criteria related to authentication a minute ago, but even go a step further. Once we really know who we're talking to, once we really, once we're sure it's really that consumer, let's allow the consumer to get updates on their finances. You'll quickly find they're completely addicted to alerts that are succinct, that don't have a bunch of regulatory or CYA uh, gobbledygook in the message and that lead them to an immediate opportunity for an action step right within the message itself. So let's go from authentication to giving the customer control of their finance. Now, what about some of the issues that come up when it comes to actually banking online on a mobile device? So when we talk about challenge questions, how do those work for mobile? Is this a concern financial institutions are facing when they come into conformance? and looking at conformance strategies. Banks can certainly deploy um, challenge questions. It's a great idea to do that with mobile. It works best if, again, the bank had a conversation in advance about saying, what questions would you like me to present to you? Give the customer lots of choices around that in advance, uh, limited to only information that the bank got from public sources because we're quickly using up a lot of that, that public, sim, the so-called private, but you know, it's gleaned from public sources that we got from third parties, KBA sources. You also want to let the consumer serve up to you their own challenge questions via mobile. 
And texting can be a great way to do that. We can also dial back in specific instances and let people have, a, you know, sometimes banks have problems because their core systems may only have, like, say, a space. If you have a, a, a an account, like a DDA account that has uh, only space for one mobile phone number, but there's a husband and wife involved, you want to make sure you allow multiple mobile phone numbers and you identify account holders individually. So you can reach out to people and make the mobile line the preferred channel. Product features on your roadmap as well as educational strategies for the customer. And Jim, before we close, could you share some final thoughts about what you're hearing in the industry and what you've gleaned from some of the survey results that we've shared? How can we help a banking executive simplify their decision-making process? And that's how people need to look at this and say, how can I compare myself to peers in closing on that, I'd say, you know, bankers have a real opportunity to move beyond the anecdotal information they hear at cocktail receptions at banking industry groups. I go to so many. But go straight to the source. Go to the consumer and not just your own customers, but your competitors' customers. So you can think about security and fraud through mobile as a two-part strategy, one, that lowers the losses as well as making sure you're compliant, but two, allows you to create a great partnership with your friends over in marketing so that you acquire more customers like Chase and USAA are doing so much of right now. Acquire and keep and cross-sell more customers as well using fraud loss as a customer growth and revenue strategy. Jim, I want to thank you again for your time today. Thanks, Tracy. It's always a pleasure. We love, we love what the work you're doing and, and look forward to more cooperation in the future. Again, we've just heard from Jim Van Dyke of Javelin. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.